BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Technology companies, especially those here in the Bay Area, have offered a dizzying array of benefits and perks to their employees, mostly to keep them from jumping for the next hot unicorn. But what if you're working at a Google or Facebook, but you're not actually working for them? A new report details the shadow workforce that's come to work side by side with big tech employees. But first, the Port of Oakland is a major economic engine for the city and region, but it's entertaining a new proposal for a rock and gravel facility that could add to the pollution burden of neighboring West Oakland. That's all next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. There are huge and ongoing battles down and around the Port of Oakland. The redevelopment of the old army base, the proposed construction of a coal export terminal on city land, and of course, the Oakland A's proposal to build a stadium next to Jack London Square on the old Howard Terminal. Many of these controversies have centered on how well the developments would mitigate the environmental harms that have been visited on West Oakland for many, many years because of truck traffic, truck diesel and ship bunker fuel emissions and other pollution. Today, another proposal goes before Oakland's port commissioners for a bulk facility that would handle rock and gravel. The environmental justice organization, West Oakland Environmental Indicators Project, published an op-ed in the Mercury News arguing the facility would spread particulates over the neighborhood and claiming that the environmental studies for this project are, quote, fatally flawed. Joining us to talk about the controversy is KTVU reporter Tom Vakar. Welcome, Tom. Thank you for having me. So how long has this proposal been in the works, kind of leading up to this moment? Well, I don't think it's been all that long. There's been talk about this, but this is a very formalized proposal, which was filed, I believe, recently. Uh, And what it basically uh, purports to want to do is to create an open air processing facility for gravel and rock and other kinds of aggregates in order to import and export them. Uh, import them, uh, making it easier to get them to, let's say, concrete manufacturers in the East Bay, export to other places that might want this stuff at a time when there are other ports, such as the Port of Richmond and others in the Bay that do this kind of work. This would just be a much larger operation. And uh, there is space at the port potentially, but even that has great complications. What are the complications? 
Well, the complications are right now they're being used to store containers and uh, trucks, which are critical to the port's operations, and those would have to be moved. Now, the uh, idea is to move them over to the Justin Herman Terminal, but as you will recall, there is a proposal to put a baseball stadium in there. So these trucks and containers would have to go somewhere else, and there really is no somewhere else to go, or there would have to be massive changes to the port itself. And you certainly can't park these trucks out in the neighborhoods because that had became a bone of contention for many, many years. And uh, except for very few uh, containers that you see just outside the port, uh, it's pretty much uh, taboo to do that. Yeah. So why does the port want to add this kind of bulk facility? You know, in the, the port of Oakland historically has been a container shipping port, which is why you know people always see those big cranes when you're coming over the Bay Bridge or, or looking out over the, the water from other places. Mm-hmm. And so what would it do for the port or what do they think it would do for the port in order to have this kind of other type of facility? Well, it would use space uh, in for rather than parking and storing for actually generating uh, income for the tenant because the port is simply a big landlord. Of course, it gets rent uh, from those tenants. Uh, and the idea would be to expand and diversify business. There is a precedent for it over on the other side of the port in the estuary between Alameda and Oakland. Uh, there is Schnitzer Steel or whatever company it is now, uh, which uh, grinds up cars and puts them into ships that go off to Asia where they turn them back into uh, steel sheets that turn into cars again. So it's not like it's not being done there, but most of what the port does overwhelmingly is containers. And a lot of the people around there uh, say the container business is the business that they need to be in and nothing else. And so that is uh, one of the bones of contention. The biggest bone of contention, of course, is the fact that this is going to be an open air facility. And that means that when you get winds and you do get high winds through the port of Oakland, Uh, what happens? Uh, This could blow into the West Oakland neighborhood and even beyond. And the folks there simply don't want that because they've had a belly full of it for, you know, you know, literally generations and they have higher rates of asthma and other kinds of respiratory problems, heart problems, and all of that. And they're saying, we just don't need any more of this. And in this case, it would be particulate matter. The, uh, applicant, uh, Eagle Rock, they say that they will water this stuff down. And as a result, there shouldn't be much, if any, escape from the uh, facility at all. Uh, but that is a dubious uh, claim in the part on the part of the people who are opposing it. Well, you know, you mentioned that history and, you know, Margaret Gordon in, uh, in a quote who worked for the environmental um, West Oakland Environmental Indicators Project said uh, to the publication Oakland side that she felt like the port was going backwards, in part because the historical backdrop for this is that diesel emissions were really high in West Oakland, particularly the neighborhoods that directly abut the port. And they actually had a lot of success, both uh, environmental justice advocates and the port itself in reducing those emissions. So she said they kind of felt like things were uh, going backwards. Um, the We did ask the Port of Oakland to come on the show here with Tom. Instead, they actually sent us a statement. Uh, so I'm going to give you some of the uh, pieces of the statement here, Tom. And sure. um, we can talk a little bit about it. Um, The report said the proposed project incorporates environmental related features that exceed current regulatory requirements, including electric trucks for delivery of construction materials, measures to minimize dust from the project site and aggressive strategy to reduce vehicle uh, vessel emissions. 
The proposed project would supply much-needed construction materials to the Bay Area, which will be used for many local construction projects that support housing, the economy, uh, and jobs. Do we know any of the details on how they would try to minimize dust aside from literally spraying water over the top of it? Well, those details would have to be worked out. The other problem is there are going to be these large ships coming in to this, I think it's called Birth 23. And the problem is they do not have shore power there, which they do along the major container ship routes there, uh, the berths there. And as a result, these uh, big diesel ships would sit there at idle because if they don't have shore power, they have to keep maintain power on the ship. Uh, and they would uh, be spewing out this uh, pollution from what is known as bunker oil, which is a highly uh, polluting kind of fuel. Uh, they say they will do something about that. So maybe they will. Whatever they end up doing, uh, they're going to have to do it because that's a non-starter from the get-go. Yeah. The other thing is that there will be a lot more trucks going in and out of the port. And uh, while the trucks are being tamped down in terms of emissions and all of that stuff, there's going to be a lot more traffic going into that port. And uh, that concerns the container ship guys uh, who are the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of people that use that port. Yeah. Talking a little bit about shore power and bunker fuel for those who aren't familiar. Now, you know, in the old days when ships would come into the port of Oakland, they would run, they would burn their own fuel uh, in order to generate the electricity they needed to, you know, refrigeration and keep the lights on and all that. Now they basically take these huge things that are basically, you know, you can imagine like a massive uh, extension cord and they literally plug in the ships for that purpose. Bunker fuel, which is what they have to burn is not like the gasoline you put in your car. It's kind of the the literal bottom of the barrel. And in fact, at room temperature, uh, it's a solid. Um, it's kind of more like asphalt than it is like gasoline. And so that's been the a major concern for uh, environmental justice uh, advocates. How does the port or, or how could this be sort of measured? Is there a compromise here possible? Could they, for example, cover the facility or or do something like that? Or do you think that this is one of those issues where it's just like there is no compromise possible? Well, obviously, uh, with enough money, you can cover anything. Uh, most of these facilities tend to be very, very large. There's one over at Richmond, very close to the um, Chevron refinery. And they have a mountain of uh, concrete. They have a mountain of uh, rocks. And I mean a mountain. Uh, and uh, as a result, uh, covering that would be near impossible. But that's very far out of the way and out of sight. Unfortunately for the Port of Oakland, they've got neighbors all over the place. Uh, and that's not to say there's bad faith on the part of uh, the uh, Port of Oakland. They've got to go through the processes and procedures of things they need to do. Nobody can argue that they haven't tried uh heroically to cut down the emissions from the uh, port. They have done that and they've done that very, very well. But this is a different kind of business. And the question is, with other businesses in the area doing the very same thing, why do we need to do it at uh, Oakland? That's because you can expand it. It'd be an 18-acre facility, and that would be tough to cover. Uh, So that's one of the issues. The other problem is, you know, there's a history of of, of, uh, kind of um, rejection of these kinds of projects. There was a project at one time they were going to bring liquefied natural gas and giant ships that are like thermos bottles into Vallejo. That was rejected. Um, And uh, there was a proposal they were going to bring oil shale trains uh, into the Bay Area to export oil from, um, you know, Montana, Canada, that. 
And that was going to go on the rail corridor through uh, Antioch and Pittsburgh. And folks there said no. So there's a lot of no going on here. And uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. On the other hand, uh, you do have to uh, agree that, you know, you will employ more people uh, uh, doing this kind of aggregate processing than you will just storing things. But that is a um, and, and, and yes, you will do local projects and all that. But those are the fights that are ahead and it has to go through a process. And uh, other organizations like the BCDC are going to have to get involved in this. So this is no slam dunk for either side. And that's the Bay Conservation and Development uh, Commission, which governs the strip of land right around the, the shoreline. There's also uh, BACMED, just as long as we're getting into the soup, which is the uh, <laughs> Bay Area Air Quality Management District, which would also have mm-hmm. to permit this facility as well. You know, you mentioned a, a bunch of these other projects, you know, of course, the coal export terminal that... Uh, is on city land, not actually Port of Oakland land, though uh, the Port of Oakland is ultimately controlled by the city. Um, mm-hmm. There was a ton of opposition to that. City has gone to court, tried to block the movement of coal uh, through the city of Oakland. Uh, has this project garnered as much attention? It feels to me like the answer is definitely no. I think it's because it's relatively new in terms of being a serious proposal. And, um, you know, I've talked to people at the port over the years, you know, and they say, look, we have to be open to any kind of wise use of our property if we have the space. And that's how the whole baseball thing got started. And uh, you can see what a fight that's turned out to be. Uh, Oddly enough, that um, baseball park would be right next to the place that grinds up cars and uh, are very close to the place that grinds up cars and exports some to Asia. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's one of the things that's been so difficult uh, in West Oakland is that there's the cumulative burdens of all the things that we've allowed to happen to the people down there. And there have not been measures taken to fully redress all of those historical harms that have been done to people. So each new thing seems like that much uh, of a bigger deal. We've been talking about a proposed sand and gravel facility at the Port of Oakland, which is being fought by some West Oakland neighbors and environmental justice advocates concerned about air quality with KTVU reporter Tom Vakar. Thanks so much for joining us, Tom. Thank you for having me. Stay tuned for more Forum when we come back after a short break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening 
because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.